Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And let's go 3-0, and baby. We got Monday Night Football preview versus the Dallas Cowboys. And it's a whiteout, Justin. I'm very excited for this game. I think it's a good matchup for the Giants. It's a good test for the offense to, you know, it's a tough matchup for the offense to bounce back against. But we're all in on Wink Martindale and ruining Cooper Rush's life. Let's go 3-0, and Bobby Skinner. Um, excited for Monday Night Football. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Undefeated Talking Giants show. Um, little Some announcements first. Monday Night Football, lot L16, between L16, L17, near or on the curb. We are going to have our tailgate catered by the Candlewick Diner. Bring your own alcohol, but we will have some like soft drinks and stuff like that, too. Obviously, food will be provided. So, But bring your own alcohol. Candlewick Diner, they're going to be catering that. It's going to be a good time. And then Julian, our intern, is also flying up from Florida, and we're going to have a tailgate tailgate vlog. So show up, be loud, be a little obnoxious. We'll probably do some Giants trivia stuff. Um, I'll have some shirts with me, and I'll probably give some, if, give some stuff away if you're part of the vlog. So come and hang out and be part of the crew. Catered vlog, ton of fun. Bobby Skinner, let's have a Dallas preview. This Dallas defense is tough. You know, we're going to talk about Micah Parsons a lot. And, I mean, that's where it starts with the Dallas defense. Like, he is kind of what makes this Dallas defense go. And they've changed their defense quite a bit, and we'll talk about it. But Micah Parsons, through two games, is first in the NFL in sacks with four, first in the NFL in tackles for losses with four, first in the NFL in QB hits with seven, and third in pressures. And I don't even – like, he has the most sacks and QB hits. So, it's like pressures, what does that even mean? And it's just – he can dominate bad tackle play and through the first two games he's lined up mostly over the right tackle he's had a good handful of reps over the left tackle but mostly facing uh, the right tackle um, last week versus the Bengals he didn't really play any linebacker at all where the Bucks they kind of split it evenly where it was like a third it was a third over the left third over the right and then third at, at linebacker and we've really never seen him as Giants fans at edge you know, last year in the Week 5 game, he played 95% of the snaps at just linebacker. The Week 14 matchup, he played 80% of the snaps at, at regular linebacker. So we've never really seen that, but I do expect that this week we're going to see him primarily on the edge, and I think they're going to try and get him versus Evan Neal. Yeah. Um, excited to see Evan Neal go up to the task and, you know, go, you know, see if he can rise above to the occasion, but... I mean, also, Micah Parsons is just, I mean, arguably, you know, one of the the best defensive players in the NFL last year. Um, you know, if your name's not Aaron Donald, and then this year he's off to that defensive player of the year pace already. So I wouldn't be surprised, though, if, you know, my hope is that they do put him in the interior a little bit, saying, oh, we can maybe, you know, Micah Parsons can beat Mark Lewinsky. He can beat John Feliciano. He can beat, you know, whoever's at left guard, Ben Bredis and Josh Azudu, if the Giants want to continue a little bit of a rotation. So that's my hope is that they kind of limit him on the interior a little bit, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think that it is just going to be going up against Evan Neal. Um, and he's and he's moving at a different speed right now, Bobby. You just did a film breakdown for JM Football. Um, go check that out. It just looks like he's moving at a different speed and he's just so much stronger than everybody else right now it's crazy and really it's just his footwork and his speed are unreal and he's now he's a pass rusher who lives off of the outside in moves you know more so you know tj watt is a guy who likes to work lateral but he you know he bends the edge and plays the run probably a little better micah parsons lives off the outside in and he 
but it starts with his get off. Like he has amazing get off, but then his footwork to get inside is better than I've seen really anybody in the league. You know, I don't think he's better than Miles Garrett at this point in his NFL career. We'll talk about him in the run game and stuff, but nobody can get lateral at that edge position better than uh, Micah Parsons right now. And I am very worried about him versus Evan Neal. Like you put him against Andrew Thomas. I, I won't, I don't think it'll be Andrew Thomas will just totally shut him down, but I'm not worried about that because I know Andrew Thomas like, Hey, you know, you know what you got with this guy. Focus on protecting that inside. Like, just be be quick and ready to protect that inside. And I trust uh, Andrew Thomas in that battle. But with Evan Neal, he's had a little trouble getting to his landmarks, which means to him being a little top heavy or letting his feet get too close together. And Micah Parsons will eat that up. So, uh, if I'm the Giants, when I'm if I'm hoping he faces Andrew Thomas, but if he's lined up over the right tackle, I really think you got to give help. Like, like for the most part, you got to give help. You got to put Daniel Bellinger over there. I know they like to get Saquon Barkley, uh, a bit, uh have him a big part of the receiving game, and I kind of agree with that. But you, you just got to give Chip and and help and stuff because Micah Parsons isn't someone who, once you're connected with the guy, like once he's once he's connected with an offensive lineman, he's not deadly, and that's why I think a guy like Miles Garrett is like clearly better than Micah Parsons but it's that initial get off and working whether it's bending getting around the corner going out outside in working a spin move it's all in that and it's all in those first two to four steps with Micah Parsons so I think if you chip and give him help you're not going to have you're not going to totally shut him out of the game but I really think it helps and you have a tight end in Daniel Bellinger who's really not part of the receiving game so why not give some help over there my worry is Daniel Jones, too. It's not just the offensive line, but Daniel Jones has been running into sacks this year. Um, and this is definitely 100% the best defense that we have faced so far this year. DVOA, Football Outsiders, has the Cowboys defense sixth in the NFL through the first two weeks, despite having the worst offense in the National Football League, too. Daniel Jones has taken eight sacks. You know, Giants offensive line, Daniel Jones has been sacked eight times this year. Uh, a pressure rate of 36.6% and a total of 26 pressures through through two games. So that's not great. Um, you know, and we've talked all about how Daniel Jones needs to get rid of the ball maybe a little bit quicker because there are guys that are open down the field for 15, 20 plus yard plays. We've talked about how he's missed guys down the field. Is it a confidence issue? Is it a comfortability issue? Sterling Shepard and some other receivers have talked about being in the wrong spots. Doesn't kind of matter what the reason is. Giants are missing big plays that are going down the field, and they are taking too many negative plays, especially in the first half of games, which just results them in them not scoring in the first half. And that can't happen against Dallas this week. Yeah, I think the run game will be a big part of that. I want to talk about just the Dallas defense's identity in general. Now, they played Tom Brady and Joe Burrow in the first two weeks, so this could change. They, this, they could go back, but they are... A different defense than what they were last year where last year they were your seattle seahawks cover three single high safety defense stack the box that's what they were this year they have been running out of too high and running a lot of cover two and tampa two their linebackers are playing at more depth to get in and they're they're like they're a totally different defense and they've been you know one of the best defenses you know a top 10 defense in the nfl the first two weeks and they're not living off of turnovers like last year. Like last yeah. year, they were a team that lived off turnovers. They only have one in the first two games, and so they're they're not living off those turnovers. And they've kind of they adapted to some of the league trends of playing too high and and playing a little bend don't break. But and and tr- and trusting and part of that like the Tampa two defense is the best defense in the NFL if you can get there with four. And the Which Cowboys have been able to do has gotten there. Yeah. Know? Yeah, basically Micah Parsons on his own. Like they've had other like uh, Armstrong has has done all right for them, but Micah Parsons has been uh, the straw that stirs that drink. You run, you run Tampa two in a four man rush, and you can get to the quarterback. Well, you're one of the like it's one of the best defenses to run in the NFL, and that's what they have done. You know they've only blitzed at eighteen percent, twenty third most in the NFL. So they've changed their defense. Now that being said, like I said, they're playing Tom Brady and Joe Burrow. That could change this week. They could be like, all right, you know, we're playing Saquon Barkley, who's had a, uh, you know, leading the league and rushing through the first two weeks. Let's get back to that single high, stack the box type of stuff. But I, I don't know. Like, I, they, they basically did all Tampa Cincinnati. So I'm not expecting major changes, maybe a little bit. Yeah. So this is where the Giants' offense has to kind of react to and what do they want their game plan to be? 
you know, we we remember week one that ten out of eighteen of Saquon Barkley's rushing attempts came out came out of the shotgun. I didn't chart it week two, but the Panthers were just stacking the box a whole lot more. Um, and Saquon Barkley, you know, had a gritty second half, but you know, they had you know, the Giants rushing offense had zero rushing yards through the first half last week. So, you know, how will the Giants offense kind of approach the rushing game this week? Will the will the Cowboys give them favorable run fronts if the Giants are running a little bit more out of the shotgun, which I think Saquon Barkley is a little bit more efficient in his NFL career running out of the shotgun than under center. Um, you know, when you have less guys in the box. So are the Giants going to be doing that? A little bit more under center. If you if the Cowboys are going to be stacking the box, you want to put more blockers in the box to kind of counteract that. And can the pass game be efficient? I am of the belief that the pass game sets up the run, where if the Giants can kind of throw the ball down the field, it's going to take guys out of the box, and then therefore the running game will open up after that. But if the passing game is not efficient and they can't throw the ball down the field, or even just they can't even throw it near the sticks, then it's just going to be a rough day offensively regardless. Yeah, and, and they haven't played with stack boxes a ton. Again, they're playing two different teams than the New York Giants. But they don't, like, even when they bring the safety down, he's not, like, playing down the box. And a lot of time he's rotating high at the snap of the ball to, you know, give a little bit of a disguise pre-snap. But I do think this team is like, can be run on. Like I, like, I do think there should be a good emphasis on the run game this week and a lot of pin and pull type of runs, gap stuff, and, and not necessarily zone runs because – they have guys on their front who can win one on one, but I don't think they're full of guys who are, you know, playing, you know, pulls and traps, uh, you know, lead blockers and down blocks as well. Like, and that includes Micah Parsons. Like Micah Parsons, he has four tackles for loss. So like, oh, he's having an awesome, you know, year in the run game. He can win some one on one battles and make some plays in the backfield, but he doesn't play great, great, great gap responsibility. He's not good once connected to the block. And, you know, he doesn't handle double teams well with, uh, from tackles and tight ends. When they do put him at linebacker, he's reading his keys slowly and not getting there. So he's a real deal impact in the pass rush, but he's not anything to worry about in the run game. Demarcus Lawrence has been a good edge setter, but, you know, we, I'm not scared. You know, this isn't, this isn't 2018. I'm not really worried about Demarcus Lawrence anymore. Yeah. So they've got they've got some guys that can win one on one battles, but I think they should really work on some of those pin and pull runs. I want to talk about Trevon Diggs. Do something it. that I saw was interesting. So he's playing. It's like I said, it's a very different role than last year. A lot of times he's playing the flats, and when they faced Jamar Chase last week, when they did go to man coverage, they doubled him. They doubled him all. Anytime they went, almost every time they went to man coverage, they doubled Jamar Chase last week. That being said, Trevon Diggs' completion percentage last year against him was 52%. This year it's up to 64%. So you say, well, he's giving up more catches. That's a What's big deal. What's the yards per attempt or yards the per The yards completion? per attempt went from 8.8 down to 6.4. So he's mm. giving up 12 points higher in completion percentage, but two and a half yards less per target. There you go. So he's not playing like that all or nothing man coverage, cover three thirds of the field. That he did last year, where it was you know feast or famine. He's that's not what he's doing. So I'm, I'm not worried about. He can make some plays in zone and get interceptions, jumping routes and stuff. But he's not playing like an in phase corner these first two games. So they've, you know, I think the Cowboys, you know, noticed that and are like, maybe we don't want this guy to be so feast or famine, where you know a guy like Tony can put up big yards and stuff. But it's like, well, he had an interception in the game. So they've just been using him very differently this year, so I thought it was interesting. But their pass defense has been really good. I mean, they've had the sixth best passing offense in the NFL facing Tom Brady and Joe Burrow. Like those, Both those guys combined for 360 total yards. Yeah, DVOA has them uh, as the sixth most efficient passing defense as well. So um, I guess the... You know, the passing yards that they've allowed being the sixth best in the league, it matches up with the efficiency metrics there, too. Anything else on their defense you want to hit on? No, I'm scared. Uh, I'm scared of this game. You know, we we talked about how, you know, I thought, oh, the Panthers are the toughest matchup just because they match up against the Giants. The worst. Do you still feel that way, by the way? I'm not worried about the Cowboys offense at all. So, Yes. Actually, okay. no, because seeing how bad Ben McAdoo and Baker Mayfield are yeah. changes it. But that's a little bit of hindsight. No, um, it, it, it is it is hindsight. But I, I'm more. I mean, this Dallas defense. Whether I mean, you're the best about, side of the ball that we're we faced through the first three games is the Dallas defense. That's exactly what I was going to say. But they are the, but the Cowboys offense could arguably be the worst side of the ball that we face. So let's talk about it. 
Well, if you want to go to Monday Night Football, you got to wear white, right? You got to wear, wear white. white. And you got to get your tickets at SeatGeek. Live events are back, which means you can get $20 off tickets at SeatGeek with promo code GIANTS. If you don't know what SeatGeek is, they're a ticketing app that makes buying tickets super simple. You can use it on the computer, but I use it on my phone. Whether it's football, let's be real, it's football. Or concerts. You went to a concert the other day. How was it? It was very, very good. Basketball, baseball, festivals, and more. SeatGeeks put tickets from all over the web in one place to make buying simple. Simple Man Radio. SeatGeek rates every ticket from 0 to 10 to make sure you are getting a good deal. Green means good. Red means bad. Every ticket on SeatGeek is backed by their buyer guarantee, so you can shop for tickets with confidence. Don't worry. We've got the hookup. Use code GIANTS for $20 off tickets at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code GIANTS. Make sure you click the link in the description to download the app. All right, let's talk about their offense. Um, not very good. You know, they obviously put up a stinker versus Tampa uh, with with uh, Dak Prescott for the majority of the game. Put up 20 points versus the Bengals last week, which is good for a Cooper, Cooper Rush-led team, but it's not a good offense. You know, they're the 21st-ranked passing offense, 22nd rushing offense. They're going to try and run the ball with Cooper Rush as their quarterback. Uh, you know, and... Zeke and Pollard have like a 65-35 split. Zeke is averaging 4.2 yards per carry. Pollard is averaging 3.4. Even though, you know that run I broke down on on JM Football? Yeah. You want to go watch it? They counted that as a pass. What? Yeah, because it was a little, like it was pitched forward a tiny bit. Um, So that that doesn't include a 46-yard play in there. But nonetheless, on the rest of his carries, he's averaging 3.4 yards per carry. Or technically all his carries, if you want to be technical with about it so they're going to try and run the game, run the ball and out of under center and that's very similar to what uh tennessee did and i think i know they got cd lamb and we'll talk about that later i think you should have a similar game plan to tennessee but also like passing wise you want to throw looks at cooper rush because ryan Tannehill is cl- like by far the best qb that we've faced these th- first three weeks so he's better at IDing some of that stuff, um, but I, I would I would want to stack the box and stuff, and that yeah. will get that will get Kellen Moore and the Cowboys out of running the ball. If you do that, where the Bengals play too high, they give them favorable boxes, so they'll run it. And we now it's Cooper Rush versus Dak Prescott, where with Dak they're more willing to like, hey, we'll, we got to abandon the run a little bit because of what they're doing. But I would just give him like un- unfavorable run fronts up front, look like like just pre snap looks, which will help them avoid the run. But just throw exotic looks after exotic looks after Cooper Rush. Like he's a very he's accurate, he's pretty accurate, but he's a very safe quarterback. And you know the Bengals made it easy on Cooper Rush last week. They really did. They played a lot of just soft zone, and he was able to take the quick throws. And when they played man coverage, like he's accurate. So they would blitz and play little man coverage, but it was very basic. There was no disguising, and he was able to deliver on some of those throws. Like I really think Wink Martindale can put on a show versus Cooper Rush Dallas Cowboys offense. And I think the most important thing to the Giants is that looks like Aziz Ojolari and Kayvon Thibodeau are back. So I think that opens up a whole other can of worms in a good way for what Wink Martindale can do with this Giants defense. And hopefully when you actually bring a freaking blitz – if somebody is required to beat their guy off the edge or win a one-on-one battle, that Kayvon and Aziz can do so because nobody has been able to do so unless they're an untouched, you know, an untouched, unblocked rusher or you know Leonard Williams sets up an O'Shane Zimenez sack. Um, so that's so that's really good. But also, Bobby, extremely nervous for Leonard Williams not being here. Uh, the, the Giants have allowed two rushing plays of ten plus yards this year. Both of those plays, Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams, were not on the field for it. They get Derrick Henry had an 18-yard rush. Christian McCaffrey's 49-yard rush. It was Justin Ellis and DJ, DJ Davidson out there. DJ so. Davidson got washed down on that play. Worried about that. Uh, Dexter Lawrence isn't Superman. He can't be out there for 100% of the snaps. So when he's taken out of the game, um, I honestly hope, even though he's been like our team's best pass rusher so far, I kind of hope that he's taken out on third down so then maybe you can have some packages of Jihad Ward, Aziz, and Kayvon just so Dexter Lawrence can get a breath in there. Um, But I am worried about the Giants stopping the run this week, even though Zeke, I think at this point, is an average 
love a running back. And Tony Pollard is the one who really has that little bit of explosivity in him. Yeah, Tony, but Tony Pollard is also like very boomer bust. Yeah. Um, and Zeke is, like you said, Zeke is an average back at this point. Like he's not special like he once was, and it's gotten worse year after year. Yeah. The Cowboys um, are also super predictable. By the way, I was doing this reading preseason. They are super predictable on when they run the ball and pass the ball. It's actually crazy how if the Cowboys are under center, it's most likely, you know, 60, 70% of the time they're going to run the ball. And if they're out of the shotgun, they are most likely going to pass the ball. And that predictability, you know, is a defense's best friend. And Mike McCarthy, and I mean, this is more Kellen Moore since he's the play caller. Um, you know, that predictability is a defense's best friend. And that's at times where the Cowboys have shot themselves in the foot. I hope to shoot a cowboy in the face. Mm. Um, yeah, Dex, I want to talk about maybe Dexter Lawrence a little later in the program, but I, oh, okay. I just want to say, I, I hope he lines up on the left guard a lot this week because I don't want him because fa- he's not going to win the battle versus Zach Martin. Zach Martin's too good. Their left guard is bad. So I want him to win that battle. Uh, but yeah, they're like for Kayvon and Aziz making their first game of the year, there's a lot of pressure on them with Leonard Williams now being gone. Uh, you know, I don't think they're going to play like 80, 90% of the snaps. I do still think there'll be a rotation, but I do, I expect those two guys to be on the field at the same time as Jahad Ward. Like we'll see Jahad Ward on the inside a little more. I think he's not as great run defending when he's on the inside, but he can still hold his own in there. His best run defending is on, is on the edge. You mentioned how like they're very predictable. They do get their chunk plays out of under the center play action, play action at least with yeah. Cooper Rush. You know that that's where they've gotten some of their over the middle plays. They had a touchdown to Noah Brown on basically the same touchdown that DJ Moore got. Like it was the exact same play um, where they got that touchdown on him. So let me ask you this. Is Fabian Moreau or Cordell Flott starting at outside corner? Cordell Flott. I'm going to say Fabian Moreau. I'm sticking to my guns. They, 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 re- they realized their mistake in game last week. They're going to realize it before the game but this was week. was it a mistake? It was one play and Cordell Flott fell down. Was it a mistake? He may have gave up the most passing yards on the defense that game. What, one catch of 16 yards? He gave up more than one catch. He gave up like three catches. He was targeted three times. He didn't give up three catches. Cordell Flop stats. I've been liking Cordell. Uh, I've been liking PFF's um, way of tracking. Oh, come on. Give me this college crap. Receptions and targets. Uh, Pro Football Reference didn't even count that Cordell Flop allowed a touchdown. He definitely allowed a touchdown. All right. Hold on. Hold on. You guys, don't, 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 don't. What are you looking at? Anyways. Anyways, um, I'm right. Give give Fabian Moreau the start on that. Now, their wide receivers, I was very shocked to see. CeeDee Lamb has 22 targets. Okay, that's 11 targets per game. He's their best wide receiver. They lose Amari. Gallup will be back in this game, probably in a limited role, but they didn't have Gallup the first two weeks. He has a 40% catch rate. And part of that is Cooper Rush has a hard time throwing down the field and outside the numbers. You know, like their their passing offense under Cooper Rush has been very quick game, middle of the field oriented. He's a very safe player, um, and but I think he can be baited into some stupid decisions. So, you know, I, I think you still I do still think you put a Dore on C D Lamb though. Like you put that speed on speed right there and just let him shut down C D Lamb for for the game. And I think Adore Jackson can win that. I mean, Adore Jackson's basically won every battle he's had the last two years i think he can handle cd lamb you know maybe maybe it won't be his best game but i think he can handle cd lamb but again cd's had a 40 percent catch rate on 22 targets i mean their their most imp- like productive one has been essentially noah brown who's had nine catches on 10 targets and uh, over 100 yards and a touchdown you know a, a more bigger bodied wide receiver which yeah. kind of fits the hey they went they put adore on the speed and robbie anderson and you know the bigger guy and dj moore they put Flawed and Fabian Moreau. So um, now it's even the, this fast guy is the better player. So I would expect them to do that. Yeah. And this is a, uh, this is from a, a Cowboys reporter from Dallas morning news. I mean, he talked about throwing in the middle of the field, you know, QB's best friends for kind of in the intermediate part of the middle of the field is a tight end, right? Um, Dalton oh, Schultz has a PCL sprain. He's on an incline leading up to Sunday. Um, Mike McCarthy said if he gets through Sunday clean, then he'll have a chance for Schultz to play Monday night at the Giants. I don't think he is 
going to play. He's arguably their be- their second best player on the offense is Dalton Schultz. Yeah, so then you have well, Jake Ferguson. Zach Martin. And then you have Jake Ferguson um, as the backup tight end, and then you have Peyton Hendershot um, as the other backup tight end. So that Our changes. Our guy, Jake Ferguson. I think that changes quite a lot. Like, if you're, if you're game planning, if you're Wink Martindale game planning, you know, how you use Xavier McKinney and how you use these safeties, right? If Dalton Schultz is playing, maybe that requires Xavier McKinney, Julian Love to change their roles a little bit. But then if Dalton Schultz is not playing, I think you can maybe kind of trust your linebackers to cover these tight ends. And then you have Xavier McKinney on a similar role that he did last week where you're just kind of taking taking care of these running backs. Or you can, you know, you can ask Julian Love and Tony Jefferson to cover the tight end and not have Mc, you let McKinney play more f- freely from the deep safety spot. Okay, yeah. You know, uh, where last week it was like very constricted role, like shut down this guy, but allow Xavier McKinney to make some plays. And um, so uh, I'm, I'm interested to see how, how Wink – and that's the thing with Wink Martindale is like his game plan changes week to week. So – I'm excited to see what he throws at Cooper Rush. Like I think he's going to have a great game yeah. plan for Cooper Rush this week. Um, so anything else on their offense? We don't have an interview this week, but anything else on their offense before we go and go to segments with Danny King? I think Tyler Smith has been better than what a lot of Dallas fans even thought. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure if you're too surprised to see that he's off to a solid start, but I'm not expecting like if Aziz or Kayvon are on that side. I, I I hope that they have reps that they win and I hope and I really do expect Aziz and Kayvon, if they are one hundred percent healthy and ready to go, I expect them to have, you know, some wow plays this week. That would be really cool. But I'm not expecting them to own Tyler Smith. No, but they should be winning reps first Tyler Smith. Like Tyler yes. Smith has been has been all right these first two weeks. You know, he hasn't been horrid, but he has also hasn't been good. So Kayvon and Aziz should absolutely have wins versus Tyler Smith. If we had O'Shane and Jihad, then I'd be like, eh, Tyler Smith is Cowboys fans are gonna be excited about him after this game. But Kayvon and Kayvon and Aziz should absolutely have like some wins against him and some like like you know highlight wins versus Tyler Smith. Right. Yeah. We can't have Nicholas Petit Ferrer, you know, being the only rookie tackle with out of sack or pressure like we like we were week one so so but i i'm re- i am i am putting a high expectations on aziz ojalari and Kayvon. i'm not putting them on him yet i'm just kind of like all right what do we what do we got in you for rookie year Kayvon? so what do we got what do we got gotta step up leonard williams is not here dexter lawrence is in superman can't play 100 percent of the snaps so what do we got who's gonna step up who's gonna make a play bobby can i talk to you about something and then we'll throw it to danny king talk to me i want to talk to you about the candlewick diner already said it at the top of the show they are catering they are catering our monday night football whiteout thought it was going to be a blackout tough Uh, our monday night football whiteout tailgate and i want you to be there i want you to be there with us and hang out but if you can't be there but you find that you are near MetLife Stadium. Check out the Candlewick Diner. They're celebrating their 53rd year in East Rutherford this October. They're located a mile up the road from MetLife Stadium. It's a perfect spot for pregame breakfast or postgame dinner and drinks. They have a full-service bar, in-house bakery, and free delivery, extensive menu from breakfast to burgers to steaks to pasta. And it's a spot that's frequently visited by Giants players. Can confirm that. Check out the Candlewick Diner in East Rutherford, New Jersey for all your diner favorites. Thank you to Candlewick Diner for being so awesome to us. Thank you to Manny for being so nice to us. And we'll see the Candlewick Diner on Monday, and we'll see you there Monday at our tailgate. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right. We now welcome on to the program our local weatherman, Denny Boy. King. Danny, what's the weather looking like for Monday night, white out in the MetLife? Gotta have good weather for when you're actually trying to do a theme for a football game. I hope everyone follows it, but it's gonna be great weather. It's gonna be partly cloudy, temperatures in the 60s. It's gonna be windy though, apparently, and so it's gonna be a windy night at MetLife, which will probably make it maybe feel a little cooler because uh, the humidity is gonna be basically non-existent act that's complete lie it's not gonna be apparently 93 percent, so it's gonna be nice and warm with an, a, a breeze so it's, it's very not different bad. because it's 63 degrees and humidity is 93 so it's like very weird but 
that you can't. You just said there was going to be zero humidity, and then you just went up. to I lied because because then I looked down because that was precipitation, and now the humidity is ninety three percent, and that's just basically going to say sixty throughout the whole game. But it's just going to be windy, so I don't know how y'all feel about it being windy in that parking lot. But you, you got not you got great because we're having a tailgate and plates and shit's going to be flying around. Yes, so. yes. But that Cooper is a Rush good has a weak arm, so I kind of like. That is it. also true. So Cooper Rush got to throw against the wind. We all know that won't end well for that poor man. It won't. It just won't. All right, uh, that's the weather. Hopefully, it's you're two for two on weather so far. I think. Two for two. Do we have any trivia for this week? We do because it's going to be a fun night, and will show. Hopefully, be a fun night at the stadium. Uh, hopefully, the Giants don't do Letter Marshall dirty like they did Eli Manning last year when they do their Ring of Honor along with the other guys. But everyone's hyped for Letter Marshall, so I got a Letter Marshall trivia stat here because it's going to show respect to a legend. So Letter Marshall was a Giant from 1983 to 1992. Uh, total in 149 games. How many sacks did he accumulate as a giant, and where does he rank all time? Bobby, I want you to answer first, since Justin is like the history nut. I would prefer you to answer first. Leonard Martian had some high sack seasons. I'm going to say 79 sacks. Mm-hmm. So he's behind LT, straight hand on... I'm going to say he's fifth on the sack list justin i think 62 and a half mm-hmm. i th- that's like the first number that came to my head i know he has more than tuck so i'm gonna go lt michael strahan i don't know if there's uh, let's just say there's like an old giant that has more than that so i'm gonna go fourth Bobby, you were basically correct on the sack total. You just had to add a half. Wow. He had 79 and a half? Yeah. Dude, I am balling in trivia this year. And then, Justin, you were one rank off of all time. He was third all time. Third? Okay, so I unnecessarily made, like, an old giant better than that. Yeah. That is insane. We got to clip that. We got to clip trivia for tomorrow. I have a trivia question for you guys. Oh, boy. What oh, no. 2020 New York Giant who was cut in training camp is currently a starter for the Dallas Cowboys? Danny, if you don't know this, I'm going to be missed. pissed. All right, so was it called McCoy? Who the f- who's on our roster in 2020? Are you looking at the answer, Justin? No. No, I'm playing I'm with to, my wire. I'm trying I'm trying to think who's on the Giant right, roster five. in 2020. There's Daniel Jones. <laughs> like Dallas Cowboys starter, five. No, that was cold. Four. I'm playing three, with my wire. Two. One. It's not called. Who is it? Cooper Rush. Cooper Cooper Rush. Come on, he was Danny. a giant. Yes, yeah. He, was. he he came over. Uh, he was the fourth string QB under Jason Garrett. They ended up cutting him, and then he went and resigned with uh, the Cowboys. It was Jones, Colt McCoy, uh, Cooper Rush, and then Tanny uh, and Tanny. Tanny was in camp. I, I, rem- I remember Tanny, but I, I did not remember Cooper Rush. Wow. Cooper Rush Look. is the only revenge player on either side of the ball this week. That is true. That yeah. is true. It could have been a... No Jalen Smith. Maybe Odell could have been a cowboy. No Jalen oh, Smith. Oh, that's true. He, Forgot that we signed him. I was, oh, I yeah. was, I was so happy. The, the first thing that I thought when Jalen Smith was signed was like, okay, I got a revenge game tweet for on Friday. Revenge game tweet. And he's got 54 back. <laughs> Yeah, time for our fantasy draft where we uh, do four rounds picking players from the Giants and the team they are playing. Uh, highlights matchups. Justin will be picking first this week, and he had the the highest total in week two. Uh, he has 35.3 total points. He's still 37 points off the lead. Danny's picking second. He had 19.1 points uh, at a total of 65.9. He has 6.9 points off the lead. Nice. And I'm first place, picking third with 72.8 points uh, off a 22-point outing last week. So, Justin, you have the first pick. This is a weird one because, you know, the Cowboys like to run the ball. There's two running backs. Do you go Saquon? Who? This is – I think this is the first week where the first two picks are going to be a little controversial. Who's number one? 
Yeah, I this is the week where I wish that I didn't have the first pick because I actually feel like there's a decent amount of depth in this draft. You know, we're figuring more out of who the Giants are going to throw the ball to. Dallas has a few people that they like to throw the ball to. But I mean, Saquon Barkley is going to be the one who's going to get the most volume. And I mean, at the end of the day, if a guy can score a touchdown, I think that automatically makes your fantasy week a success. So I think Saquon Barkley is like the likely one if the Giants wind up at like the one yard line that he's going to punch it in. So Saquon Barkley, number one pick for me. Yeah, that's definitely the easy number one. Number two, I think there's three options, and you could even say more. But Danny, who was pick number two? I I don't trust Elliot enough, if I'm being honest with you. I I would go Pollard, but I am not. I am going to take the guy that I believe Daniel Jones will still trust enough, and I think that's Sterling Shepard. You're going Sterling Shepard second? Yes. I think Sterling Shepard has a touchdown on Sunday, Monday night. All right. Shepard was one, two, three, four, five, seventh on my big board, and you just took him second. I I, I trust my opinion that Sterling Shepard will have a touchdown so this, on Monday. Now night. this makes okay, so this makes pick three and four for me really difficult. Because I had two, three, four on my big board was Zeke, Pollard, and Lamb. So I was just gonna mm-hmm. take the other two. Like I was very fine just taking both the Cowboys running backs with my first two picks. <laughs> I'm going to go Zeke. Mm-hmm. The Giants have weak running backs. The Cowboys like to run outside the tackles and have the blockers to do it. Uh, and you're missing Leonard Williams. I'm going to go Zeke Elliott. And even though he's not third on my big board, I'm taking him CeeDee Lamb. I know he's hasn't been great, but he has 22 targets. That's a lot of targets. So... Um, I don't feel confident about it, but I'm going CD Lamb. So, Danny, you, you get the wraparound. It's your second pick. All right. The guy I wanted is there because last week, Cooper Rush loved him. He was just feeding him the football. I am taking Noah Brown. I believe that is Cooper Rush's guy. I, I, I'm I going off the rails this week. I think Cooper Rush loves him That's some Noah Brown. That's who I was going to take. I don't. I think Wink Wink will obviously know that, that he's going to try to target Noah Brown. Gallup but that's is back. His, that I, I know, but Cooper Rush loved Noah Brown, and I'm going to ride that train to think he will continue to feed Noah Brown the football a good amount of times. Well, Noah and Brown is with, also the slot receiver, whereas— Yeah, you he's know, a slot receiver. J- Jalen Tolbert, even though Michael Gallup has been hurt, Jalen Tolbert has been a healthy scratch to start the year. So I think that from what I'm hearing from, you know, from what I'm seeing with Dallas reporters, it's Gallup and Tolbert will be activated on Monday night and they'll be ready to go. But Noah Brown, seventh round pick 2017 out of the slot. Like he's getting those targets. And I, Danny, I, that's who I was going to pick um, on the go around uh, for, yeah. for myself. So I think that's a really good pick. I think that's a better pick than CeeDee Lamb. This draft is throwing me for a loop right 11 now. 11 so- points week one, 20 points week two. Yeah. I think he'll be more of a better Bigger threat to the Giants as CD Lamb will be, especially with Dory Jackson. Getting, are you betting on no? All right, just you're kind of a touchdown or bust guy. I've kind of learned, Danny King. Justin, mm-hmm. you got back to back picks here. Um, Richie James. I'm safe. <laughs> I, I guess you have back to back picks, so this is not as wild. But go ahead. Right, I'm, ta- I'm taking Richie James here. Um, he's been like really. I mean, let, let, this is what I said during my stats report video. I had the realization. There are two players that the Giants offense is running through right now. Saquon Barkley and Richie James. Richie James being thrown the ball on third down, and I don't think that's a wrong assessment. Um, If Sterling Shepard had a little bit more productivity the second week, then I would stay him because he had the big 60-yard touchdown week one. But it's Saquon Barkley and Richie James, and I got them both on my team right now. I hope the Giants actually play play Richie James more. He's only had 55% of the snaps. And then we missed so, the Aaron Judge at bat, but he didn't homer. All right, well, we'll we'll, we'll live. It's tragic well, for the, for the people. Well, that no, already, I'm glad that he didn't homer. For the people that but already I, knows, I well, for the people that already know what will happen, they're really gonna be upset. Um, and then I have basically I have two guys here that are right in front of me, and I'm taking Kadarius Tony. F it. Oh no, nah, that wow. F it. Whoa. I think the role will continue to be expanded. I um, agree. I'm ready to be hurt again. I'm ready. <laughs> but um, there was another guy on Dallas that was right in front of me, but I'm taking Tony. All right, Danny, your third pick. 
there was a part of me that wanted to go Galladay, but I can't do that because God knows what the heck his status is. I'm stuck between two guys. I'm stuck between Jake Ferguson because uh, Dalton Schultz will not be playing because of the PCL sprain. There's or, one slam dunk picture. Or, or it, it, it's Gallup. And I'm no. probably real. I mean, say it. Say, sir, shut up, Justin. Yeah, I mean, say I'm realistically pick. going Gallup. I'm not. I don't care who it is. Oh I, I, I'm God, going Gallup. Danny King. You, you, this strategy has worked for me for the past year. All right, let let let's ride the wave of craziness. Oh yeah, I guess. This guy was third on my big board. <laughs> I was debating taking oh, him with my second yeah, pick. I mean, it's, I mean, it's Pollard. Yeah, it's, you're taking Pollard, I'm guessing. With my ninth pick, I'm taking number three on my big board. Right now, I'm Jerry Jones holding up the draft sheet being like, look, at, look, look. Like, you guys don't believe me. Like, look at the big board. You know, screenshot this and try and analyze it. I'm taking Tony Pollard. Okay. Obviously. Mm-hmm. So. Pick, but okay. So is Dalton Schultz really not going to play? I think it's more likely that he doesn't play. Yeah. And Cooper Rush didn't really hit him anyways. You know what? There's no way they can bench this guy two weeks in a row. Yeah. And for the third week in a row, this guy's going to be on my team. I'm going Kenny Galladay. What did you guys Mm. think about the Kenny Galladay quotes this week? Danny. I he has every reason to be mad. I know in my tweet I was more just like kind of over Kenny Galladay, but I, I thought his quotes were perfectly fine because why shouldn't a player want to play? I thought his quotes were all reasonable. The one that I was actually a little like, what was it wasn't caught on video and it was actually less talked about because it was tweeted like thirty minutes after like the scrum where he said like you know we're not friends like these are you know these coaches are my coworkers we're not friends which I get that but it's like that was probably the quote that was a little. But uh, but like we said on the mailbag pod, Justin, like I don't have any issue with them benching Kenny Galladay week two. I really didn't. But you also can't just keep Kenny Galladay on the bench for the rest of the season and act like it's not going to be a huge issue. So, no, especially now that reporters are back in the locker room. I mean, it wasn't even one week that went by. It was just a couple days that went by uh, before you had some sort of comments that definitely are blown out of proportion when they're just tweeted out versus when the SNY video comes out. But that's also part of it. I mean, this is part of it where stuff is going to be blown out of proportion when you don't have context and when you don't have a full video with it. Um, so, yeah, I, I like I don't have a problem with it, but um, I have more of a problem with Kenny Galladay just not doing anything versus how he feels about not playing. So that's the thing that I have the biggest problem with. All right, Danny, what's your last pick? Yeah, now I'm just looking for like the guy, the backup that's just randomly going to make a splash this week. That's just randomly going to get a touchdown. And I took Brita last week. That was a horrible idea. Daniel Bellinger did get his first touchdown last week. Do I ride the Daniel Bellinger trade one more time? It's, I don't know. It's crazy that the Giants' starting tight, well, tight ends will be on the board in the last round every single week. Most likely. Yeah. Where even through all the issues of Evan Ingram, it was like he was always like a second, third round pick in our drafts. Every once in a while, a first rounder. I think I'm gonna. You did take the Cowboys tight end, right, Bobby? Dalton Schultz? No. Not not Dalton. The other guy. Jake, Jake Ferguson. Ferguson? No, he's he's on the I, board. I, I don't think Schultz is playing, so I'm gonna take Jake Ferguson. He has no targets. But Dalton Schultz isn't playing. Fair. All right, Justin, finish it off. I have one pick or two picks. One. One. Um, Robinson's not playing. I think there's an underrated pick that you can get at this spot. Good value at this spot. What team? Not giving you any hints. Mm, not giving there's value any on every hints. team. I mean, the, one of the Giants' tight ends is just yelling at me right now. Do it. Tanner Hudson. That was it. He was 11th on my big board, Tanner Hudson. he's he. I mean, he's their best receiving tight end, so... Yeah. All right. To oh, recap, the whiteout canceled. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry, about to say, is the whiteout canceled since Chris Myrick hasn't tweeted it? No, but someone did make a fake Chris Myrick account and was like, <laughs> "You better wear white, or I'm going to beat your ass," which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> um, but come on, Chris Myrick replies to the damn tweet. He follows us on Instagram. Tweet. He probably doesn't check his Twitter. Um. All right. To recap, Justin has Saquon Barkley, Richie James, Kadarius Tony, and Tanny Hudson, the only Giants team. Danny has Sterling to talk shit, all that shit about the Giants offense in the first segment, and then he gets, picks a whole Giants team. Well, that's why I'm bad at fantasy. 
Dan, yeah, Danny Dix, Sterling Shepard, <laughs> Noah Brown, Michael Gallup, and Jake Ferguson. What a and f- I take Ezekiel Elliott, CeeDee Lamb, Tony Pollard, and Kearney Galdick. By the way, the highest ever scoring output was week five by me in uh, fantasy football last year. I had Kadarius Tony. He broke out. I had Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, and I think CeeDee Lamb. And then, like, every single one of those guys, like, put up numbers. And I, I think I put up, like, 85 points that week. Um which is more 13 more points than I have through two weeks, and I'm the leader. All right. It's time for Giant Factors where we pick our X Factors. Justin, you are first up this week. Bobby, I don't want to go in the same positional group that you're going to go to. I don't want to do that. Evan Neal. Evan Neal is my giant factor this week. Odds are you're going to be lining up against Micah Parsons. If you're not lining up against Micah Parsons, you're going to be going up against um, DeMarcus Lawrence, and then you'll be going up against like Sam Williams or whatever edge rushers that the Cowboys have too. So Evan Neal, you're my giant factor. This is your first like really big test in the NFL if the Cowboys want to be smart and put Micah Parsons over you. So can you hold your own Evan Neal giant factor? Yeah, like my my goal for Evan Neal, don't get embarrassed. I, I don't need a great game out of you, but just don't get embarrassed. Danny, who was your week three giant factor? I was leaning Evan Neal, but then I thought there was a more obvious choice. I'm going to take uh, Tay Crowder this week. Tay Crowder's been bad, especially in coverage. He's given up. I have the stats here as I turn my phone off, but I believe he was four for four in the first game again. Now, four for five for 76 yards at a tutty allowed in week one. Second week, four for four, 30 yards. Uh, he just got to improve in coverage. I know the Cowboys don't have Dalton Schultz, but they will still be relying on uh, Tony Pollard in the passing game. Dal- uh, Tay Crowder's got to step his game up. I mean, like, there's no one in danger right now taking Tay Crowder's spots, but as the season goes on, if he continues to suck, uh, Wink's not going to be afraid to find someone else to take that role away from Tay Crowder. So Tay Crowder, step up this week. We, we got to have it this week. Got to be Dallas. Got to stay 3-0. Give me Tay Crowder. All right, my week three giant factor... His running mate is out. He's been awesome this year. Been the best, the Giants' best pass rusher this season. Dexter Lawrence. You've got two different types of guards. You got Zach Martin, who's going to be a Pro Bowl or uh, a Hall of Famer one day. That's a tough matchup. And I'm not exactly expecting you to dominate it, but you should have some wins versus Zach Martin. Their left guard sucks. You need to dominate that player down after down after down. You're missing Leonard Williams. We need you to stop the run and still bring that pressure that you've been able to bring in the rece- in the passing game. Dexter Lawrence, your fifth-year option was picked up. We need you to be a dude. We need you to be a dude. So, Dexter Lawrence, you are my week three giant factor. All right, time for spread picks. Um, I am uh, – Danny is leading the pack at 9-7. We all had a bad week last week. Danny uh, – Danny and Justin went three and five last week. Danny's nine and seven total. I'm eight and eight after going two and six. The listeners are seven and nine after going two and six, and Justin is six and ten after going in three and five. Uh, going three and five last week, so eight games. But Danny first, who is bringing the spread picks to us? The people bringing the spread picks to us is our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook because the NFL season is in full. Fuck, I messed that up. Because <laughs> the NFL action is in full swing over at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports bet and partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns. We're talking big plays and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. But guess what? If that's not enough for you, that's not your type of jam, guess what? Everyone could boost their winners with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your win is up to 100%. 100% people. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can even throw down on some stepped-up same-game parlays once per game all season long. So, I need you all right now. Look me in the eyes. Look at me right now. I need you all to dra- download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code JOHNBOY. To get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's promo code JOHNBOY at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Well, great job reading the whole thing this week, Danny. Thank you. That's what I'm here for. 
All right. Spread picks. Thursday night football. We got our first Thursday night football horrible quarterback matchup. This is the Thursday night football we all know and love. <laughs> For okay? real. Not this Justin Herbert versus Patrick Mahomes. This is the Thursday night football that we crave. And we've got the Steelers and Mitchell Trubisky's dumbass, who they haven't benched, versus the Browns, who uh, got a guy who was in the news for some things in Deshaun Watson and now have Jacoby Brissett starting at quarterback, who just got – they just choked a game to the Jets and one, one of the worst choke jobs I've ever seen. Anyways, the Steelers at Browns minus four. Danny, who are you going? Uh, like you said, this is the first and I we all know and love and – Horrible, just horrible match. Give me the Browns because Mitch Trubisky sucks. The listeners are going against you, and so am I. I'm going Steelers plus four. I just, I, I like the talent on the Steelers team. I like the coaching staff, and I, I don't know. Mitch Trubisky's made for Thursday night football, so I'm, I'm taking Trubisky, even though I, it's so annoying that they won't start Pickett. Just start Pickett. He was a pro, a pro ready quarterback. So stupid, like. The thing is, is I love Mike Tomlin, and if there's one coach I trust, it's Mike Tomlin. But it's just like, come on, dude, just start the quarterback. Justin, who are you going? It's kind of a big spread for me. The Steelers won week one by three. They lost week two by three. So I'm going Steelers plus four. I mean, we got sold last week on Thursday night when the, what's that, whatever their names are. The yeah, Chargers that backdoor that cover by the freaking Chargers. Yeah, it was unreal. Oh, Herbert I won. Move. Yeah, I, I got it. Yeah, because Herbert just threw out absolute missile. Yeah, that was so huge stupid. because I, I, they, it looks like they were, I was about to lose, but then I won. Yeah, Could you imagine was... being the people that actually put a lot of money on games and like that <laughs> determining like either being extremely pumped up or, or pissed off? That's um, horrible. That's why you you, you bet responsibly, responsibly, people. Ravens mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. Patriots plus three. I'm all in on the Ravens. I'm going Ravens minus three. The listeners are too. Justin, I know you're on the Ravens this year. Are you picking the Ravens? Yes. Even though they just choked a game to the Dolphins. Yeah, that was that was tough because it looked like that was going to be another W for me, but then they blew it. But I'm still Ravens minus three. Danny, are you going against the grain? Even though they lost to the Dolphins, the Dolphins are a much better team than the Patriots. Give me the Ravens. You know what's funny? Um, I was talking to a – there's a Patriots fan that works at John Boy Media, and he was listening to a Joe Judge press conference, and he was talking about how – like almost like the identity of the offense right now is like 50-50 contested, like back shoulder catch catches. And I found that to be very funny since that's not what we did with the Giants last year. And we had Kenny, we signed Kenny Galladay. And we signed and Kenny Galladay. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Judge offensive coordinator guru, apparently. Someone sent us a rumor about like the Jason Garrett, Joe Judge, Ju- me and Justin a DM about that. And it was something that we knew before. But, like, it still pissed me off again to hear, like, the Joe Judge-Jason Garrett relationship. All right. Bills at Dolphins plus six. I learned my lesson. Never going against the Bills. Bills minus six. Listeners are going Bills minus six. Danny, you're going Bills minus six, right? It. I love both these teams, but I, I, I cannot not circle the wagons. Justin, go against the grain. I am going to go against the grain. Why not? I mean, even though the Bills have, like, the – widest point differential in the NFL by like an insane amount right now. Um, Dolphins were kind of fun. I, I actually was kind of so behind the scenes. I spent a lot of time like clipping up Dolphins plays for Bobby to make like a Dolphins video this week and like Mike McDaniel, Tua, Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill. And then Bobby was like, I wasn't that impressed by them. And I thought it was kind of impressive. Oh, Tua made some really nice throws. So um, let's see a game here. Dolphins plus six. Lions. At Vikings minus six. Where are you going with this, Justin? Vikings are favored by six? Yeah. Lions plus six. I'm agreeing with you. The Lions run game is so fun to watch. Like, they've been on the best. Their their version, they ran a wham play, and I was like, this is the best run blocking I've ever seen in my life. Like, this is literally perfect. Someone posted it on Twitter today, and I was like, I was like, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at it. Like, I that run. Um, I'm going Lions as well. The listeners are going Vikings minus six. Danny, where are you going? Listeners clearly don't know that the roar is back. Give me the Lions and Dan Campbell. MCDC. Did you see like they had that practice squad guy, Dan Skipper, whatever his name was? He'd never started a game and, you know, came in and played well. So everyone like he, he, he was like tearing up. And then who was it? Was it Chandler? 
one player who was like, that guy's like a huge racist. Like he says the N word oh. with the hard R at the end. And I, I didn't hear anything about it after that. So I'm assuming maybe that, I don't know. But I was like, oh, wow. Raiders at Titans plus two and a half. Two O and two teams. Two O and T two teams. Would not expect I guess maybe if you look at the schedule, but you like you see the Raiders and the Titans, you won't expect them to be O and two. Where are you going with this one, Danny? Uh hmm. The Titans are bad. The Raiders are meh, and they just blew a heartbreaker against Arizona. But I think the Raiders are better than the Titans. Give me the Raiders. I'm agreeing with you. I was heartbroken to see Patrick Graham blow that game after pitching a shutout in the first half. So I'm going Raiders. Listeners are going Titans, though, represented by Ben Skazoldra. I know I didn't pronounce that name right. And then, Justin, who are you going? Raiders minus two and a half. Titans are a mess. Packers, Bucks, straight up, pick them. Who are you going with that one, Justin? Bucks. They stopped the run. Danny? Uh, Packers still haven't got it yet. They beat the Bears. I don't think that's enough. Give me the Bucks. Wow, well, all three of us are agreeing. I, I for the same. I'm agreeing for the same reasons you guys are. Listeners went Packers though. Rams at Cardinals plus three and a half. The Rams are one and one. Almost choked a game to the Falcons and got the shit kicked out of them by the Bills. I'm going Rams though. Minus three and a half versus the Cardinals. I just. They've got to put it together at some point, so I'm going the Rams, even though the Cardinals did play the Rams well last year. Danny. <sighs> the, yeah, the Cardinals, it is. Oh, no, I can't take the Cardinals because it is the op- second weekend of the open beta of Call of Duty. No shot. Kyler Murray wins it this week. I'm going to have to wow. take the Rams. That's a great tip. Justin. Yeah, Rams minus three and a half. I just don't believe in what the Cardinals are doing. And unless Kyler Murray's playing like hero insane ball at the end of the games like that, I'm not going to do it. Me and Justin have agreed on six or seven picks so far. Not good That's not for good me. for you. 49ers at Broncos. Not a lot of ga- good, great, great games on the slate this week. It's 49ers at Broncos plus one and a half. Jimmy G's back. 49ers minus one and a half. 49ers just have a good roster. The Broncos are a, kind of a mess right now. Justin. Yeah, 49ers minus one and a half. I, I don't know why the 49ers aren't favored in this game. They are. That's minus one and a half. Oh, sugar and spice. Still going. I I saw. I read it wrong. Danny. Yeah, the Broncos are bad right now. They're really bad. Nathaniel Hackett looks like a... <laughs> doesn't know but what that's he's why doing. like the broncos can now just like blow out the 49ers this week like that I is see that, <laughs> that's that that is true but jimmy g's back uh so i've gotta have to rock the niners listeners are going broncos listeners are went out on a limb this week i like it all right time for giants cowboys monday night football predictions danny what's the score monday night i did not expect the giants to start one at all I did not expect them to start 2-0. And now, Monday Night Football, no Dak Prescott. They're trying to have a whiteout at the stadium. There's a lot riding on this game because 3-0 is massive, and then they take the lead in the division most likely. I'm not sure who the Eagles are playing this week. I'm going to have to take the Giants. I think they're going to win this week. It might be another defensive type of battle. They've been in these games all season long. I'm going to take the Giants. I'm going to take them with a score of 17 to a Cowboys 14. Justin, what's your score prediction for the Giants Monday Night Football game? I think the Giants lose 23 to 17. I am not feeling good about this. The first loss prediction of the year from us. Yep. Sad, sad. This guy doesn't believe in your New York Giants. I'm ready to kill him. But Justin, I hate to say it. Just kidding. The Giants are going to whip Cooper Rush's ass. Like, can we not? Can we? Can we remember who Cooper Rush is? This guy was our four-string quarterback in 2020. We had the 31st-ranked offense in the NFL, and this dude was our fourth-string quarterback. Cooper Rush sucks, and Wink Martindale. The pressure, it breaks the pipes. Buy that shirt. It might be taken down off the store by the New York Giants by the time you're listening to this. Pressure breaks pipes, and we are going to break these dumb-ass Dallas Cowboys. To quote the great Brandon Jacobs, I hate these motherfuckers. Let's go Big Blue. Let's beat their ass. 
Giants 77, Cowboys 0. We're going to win the Daniel Jones first primetime game in his career, Monday Night Football, and the Giants will be 3-0 and for the whole world to see. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you Monday night, Tuesday morning after the game celebrating another victory. Sweet victory. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you then. Until then, let's go Big Blue. <laughs>